0: to our Think Kingdom podcast. This week, Pastor Antoine continues in our series, The Good Life. Let's hear what God's Word has for us from Lead Pastor Antoine Masseter.
1: Amen. Amen. We're starting in our series, uh, The Good Life. So everybody wants a good life. Who wants a good life? Raise your hand. Okay, not everybody. Okay, respect. Maybe y'all thought it was a trick question. People are like, I don't know where he's going with this. Um, but let's be honest. For some of us, our life is okay. I wouldn't say we're in a crisis, but for some of us, our life is okay, right? Like it's, it's, it's not all bad. And sometimes I think um, uh, when we think about life, uh, we're either on a crisis or on a quest. We're either in the middle of something that's challenging us and our ears are perking to hear God. You know how, you know how it is, like when you're in trouble, uh, you look for God everywhere. Like you're walking in the mall and you're like, Lord, what should I do? And you see a Nike sign and it's like, just do it. The Lord spoke to me. It's like, uh, it's because you're in that habit that you're open. And oftentimes when we come to church, uh, a picture is painted that we're living in two separate things. In other words, it's like um, sometimes that picture is painted that um, everything is falling apart, and that's why we're here, um, because we, we need the Lord to pick up all these pieces. And, and sometimes that's the case, but other times it's just life is okay. I mean, I, I got this habit. I got this routine. Um, not everything is bad. And the challenge with the people of God is trying to recognize these ebbs and flows of life, because sometimes I'm feeling great, and then sometimes not so great, right? So we fall on this spectrum when it comes to life. So um, we may be in a good spot now, right? And, and, and so sometimes when we're in a good spot, we don't pray like we should. I mean, you know, God is still there. But, um, but oftentimes when we have trouble or we're suffering, we're living on our knees. And, and, and then when we get some relief, uh, not so much. And, and this pattern sometimes reflects the fact that uh, we only, we use God like an insurance policy. And, 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 and it's like, um, when, when I read scripture, I know that the country and the opportunities that I have isn't as, uh, isn't like the culture of the first century church. when when they started believing things and started confessing things, their lives were in jeopardy. And and so when you start reading uh, Paul and he says, I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me, Paul writes that in prison. And I don't know, it could be the case for some of you. Uh, How many of us went to prison for our faith? Okay, yeah. So sometimes we don't have that context. In other words, mainly our suffering can be at times self-inflicted. It's not because we're serving God and and now, you know, someone puts us in front of a firing squad and say, deny Jesus. And we like, no. Usually, it's an internal thing that's, that's, that's working, that um, we tried Jesus or a version of Jesus and he didn't answer a prayer. And so when we read John chapter 10, verse 10, and he says, uh, a thief comes. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. A thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. And so that speaks to us. And Jesus says in another area that I am the way, the truth, and life. So yes, last, yesterday, last week, we discussed that uh, life begins and ends with Jesus, now that's hard to to to, to sort of understand if uh, you don't have um, if you don't have a reference of your faith. Like if, if you're on a quest and you're seeking and trying to figure out this whole Jesus things, um, sometimes we don't have a problem with Jesus. We just got a problem with the people that say they know him, and that distorts our view of Jesus. And so we grow up with this view of Jesus and we we have all these things man and so um, when Jesus says I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly uh, what type of life is Jesus referring to? I mean no can I'm just going to be honest nobody wants to be poor raise your hand if you want to be poor now that doesn't mean you want to be rich well maybe it does (laughs) y'all like I don't understand this, I do. Okay, but life by itself, it has to be more than stuff. And so um, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, he says, whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Hold up, what if the life that I picture contradicts the life that's available and so here's what happens man um, uh, Thomas Kempis he says it this way the more a man dies to himself the more he begins to live unto God and some of us who grew up in the church grew up with the one question that sparked fear in all of us and it started like this If you died today, (laughs) would you go to heaven? Or some variation, if you died today, where would you spend forever? So what we end up doing was we couldn't answer that question. And so let me just be honest. That's not necessarily a bad question because eternity does hang in the balance. Absolutely. So please hear me. The question is valid. We should not live this life without a focus on a bigger picture. So when someone asks us, if you died today, would you go to heaven? My problem is that that's not the only question. We are preparing folks for their death without teaching them how to live. That's my problem. So we afflict with the do's and the don'ts, and we paint this image of God who's a cosmic cop. Freeze! Stop that! Instead of a loving father. And so we have this distorted view of God that every time we make a mistake, here comes the Holy Ghost handcuffs. And, and so, um, the and what I'm what I'm seeing. It's that true freedom is never experienced for the believer because we keep binding them to the law. What you're not doing. You need to come to church every Sunday, COVID or not. You need to be in the house of God. Bruh, like I can't walk or talk. But we bind people. We have such and an unhealthy view of the church because we were taught that it's us who holds us up. You know, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to disrupt this religious stuff that I'm, I'm seeing and people don't want to. It's like we're sitting here as the people of God gatekeepers. It's like we're the VIP club and we're determining who gets in or not. <clears throat> no, you don't look the part. Uh, uh, no, you too. And what happens is we are binding people. You you came today, this cold Sunday, two hours, but two hours later. And if you stick with me, you're gonna get free. Because here's what I'm, man. I'm about to get myself in trouble, but you know what? I don't care. We must be careful not to simply lead people to Jesus by scaring them away from hell. I'm going to say it again. We must be careful not to simply lead people to Jesus by scaring them away from hell. We got to teach people how to live because here's the reality. The reality is this. Most of us came to faith knee high to a grasshopper we said a prayer and that was the gist of our journey because we did not want to go to hell so we grow up fearing hell and not reverencing reverencing, reverently understanding who god is so we're trying to keep people out of hell but don't bring them to a loving father. It's his kindness that draws us, not his belt. And, 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 I'm, and I'm seeing these young people, um, don't, they don't see love demonstrated in the church. They see the opposite. And so... Romans chapter 2. Let me give you Bible. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, Do you despise the riches of his kindness? Do you despise his restraint and patience? Not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Our God loves you. Newsflash. Sin. Newsflash. God is not punishing you. Sin is. The wages of sin is death, period. And so, when we find ourselves in trouble, that is the consequence of sin. That is not God punishing you. God is a loving Father. That's why Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. So, there's so much emphasis put on death that we forget that people actually got to live and so we bring you into the fold and we bind you up and we give you a list of things not to do. Some of us grew up that we didn't know what a movie was until we were about 30 because we were told, don't you go to the movies. We didn't know what, only, only music, Chris, only music that we listened to was hymns. And so this is what we've done and we try to, con- and, and so one, this one camp try to control our behavior so bad that, um, I'm not gonna say that. But the intent was to keep us from the world. But they failed to realize we live in it. So now we hide all this stuff from folk, and then, listen, I went to college with some of them. That's all I'm gonna say about that. And so we we learned the evils of the world, but forgot to tell people about the joy of Jesus. But then some of us, we grew up with so much freedom, there were no rules. People went to church when they wanted, or not at all. And um, all of this distorted our view of God. But it gets worse. Some believe that we can speak things by faith and things will magically appear. Now, this is an oversimplification on my part. but Let's be honest. I thought that I could give my way out of bad credit. I thought that if I just confessed it, professed it, walked around the house, even if I couldn't afford it, the Lord was going to make a way. Foolishness. Because the evidence of a good life isn't what you have, but who has you. And so that's why Paul kept saying, no matter what condition I find myself in, I'm content. Our contentment must be in Jesus. Listen, listen, I'm a Jesus freak. So if you come to this church, you're going to hear about Jesus. Our content must be in Jesus. Listen, um, my son is fueling my addiction to shoes. And he's a heavy taskmaster. And he's burdensome. And he 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 manip- manipulates me. And, and what's, what happens is he says that that'll look good on you. We wear the same size shoe. And I'm beginning, I'm beginning to believe I've been had. I've been hoodwinked. It's not about how good dad looks in his shoes. It's that he knows because I'm his father, he will have access to it. Now, I'm not an idiot. I know those prayers, I mean, those requests serves him. But because I'm his father, it's my good pleasure to see a smile on his face. It's the only thing I want Chris and Justin to do. It's simple, simple parenting, one-on-one. Only thing I want them to do is what they're supposed to do without me having to ask. And then whatever's in my heart will end up in my hand. And because I'm their father, they have access to what's in my hand the problem comes in when they want to do what they want to do but still want what's in my hand. Man, I'm preaching better and y'all saying amen. But it's all right. It's all right. So we keep exchanging this set of chains for another set. I thought he said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. How do we keep finding ourselves bound to stuff? Listen, I told a prayer, shameless plug, 6.33 a.m. Every day we're praying and the Lord is moving. Um, Here's what's natural for you and me. Worry is natural. Doubting is natural. Pride is natural debating whether you're making a difference, natural. Thinking too high of yourself, natural. Thinking too low of yourself, natural. Self-reliance, natural. Grinding, got to make it happen, natural. So now we're going to part the next few minutes in Matthew chapter 16. And this will furnish the gist of our text and the gist of our message. Now, let me give you the background of Matthew chapter 16. You got to imagine it, picture it, first century. Jesus is killing it. I mean, he's walking around, and, like, he's, he's just like, you can see now. It's like, oh, my God, I can see. Like, Jesus is killing it. And he has these band of guys with him that are watching all these miracles. But then you got the, you got the mean folk, the religious folk who keep watching them. And so when the Matthew chapter 16 opens... They say, hey, hey, Jesus. Exactly. That's exactly, that's exactly what they did. I love, listen, newsflash, I love having kids in the sanctuary. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, they don't bother me. So, um, so, so Jesus, so the, the, the uh, Pharisee says, hey, how about doing this? Prove who you are, Jesus. Do another miracle. Jesus looks at them and is like, you know, Jesus was brown-skinned. Anyway. anywho, let me go back to the text. Um, So, the Pharisees are trying to coach him, coax him into doing another miracle. He says, listen, another miracle won't do because I've done so many miracles that you witnessed that it ain't about the miracles no more. And so, this is for somebody here. Listen, you don't need another miracle. You need to realize who he is listen, you, we searching for, and he says that you old oh, perverse generation. I'm, I'm not talking. I'm not telling y'all. That's what he said to them. He said, you call, keep looking for signs. You keep looking for signs. you look looking for miracles. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one who saves. If you know who I am, you'll stop looking for the miracle. You have enough miracles with God. Why you keep asking Him for another one? Eh, but that ain't my message. Then he goes, and in the same chapter, you know how it is. So they're looking for miracles, and then you got the boys with them, and they're feeding all these folk, and the boys get hungry. And then Jesus dropped these spiritual bombs, but because they're hungry, they miss it. So Jesus says, hey, don't be like the leaven of the bread. Don't leaven the bread like the Pharisees. And they're so hungry that the people are like, we, we sure didn't eat. We are hungry. And Jesus says, listen, I ain't talking about bread, man. I'm talking about don't be like them. And so they were complaining because as they were serving God, um, everybody was eating except for them. So you may find yourself as the Pharisees, one more miracle, Jesus, just one more. Or you may be like the disciples, here I am serving and praying, and I'm forgotten. And so the Bible includes all of us. So Jesus warns the disciples not to become like this. The Pharisees. But here's the reality. Sometimes our physical needs make us not hear spiritual truths. Somebody right now thinking about their problem and not paying attention to the problem solver. And so here he is beckoning you to come. And then you keep going in chapter 16. Then he comes to, um, if you had any semblance of Sunday school, you know what I'm about to say as it relates to, who do men say that I am? And then you know Peter, the impulsive one. Peter speaks up and says, "Listen, some say you this, Elijah. Some says you are just John the Baptist." And, and then he said, "Okay, that's good stuff. Who do you say I am?" And then Peter's like, "There are the Son of the Living God." He's like, "Wow, wow." And then further down, Jesus says, "Hey, let me let y'all in on a secret here. I come, and somebody was playing in the organ, and." He said this to them. I was there. Um, So so he's playing, and he says, I need to tell you something. He said, I'm going to die. This is the reason why I came. I I lived a perfect, sinless life, and I will be healed, and I will come back, and the same guy who said, you're the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Now, it ain't happening, Jesus. Nope." Jesus looks at him and was like, get behind me, Satan. Like, he literally calls Peter Satan, right? Because Peter didn't realize that Jesus came to save the entire world. But those who believe in him, John chapter three, verse 16. But that's not what my point is. I get down to verse number 21. So verse number 21, from then on, Jesus began to point out to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes. Be killed and be raised the third day. So Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Oh no, Lord, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned and told Peter, get behind me, Satan. I would have loved to see Peter's face. You are a hindrance to me because you're not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. How many of us are not thinking about what God wants? Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will find it. For what would it benefit someone if he gains the whole world, yet loses his life? Or what would anyone give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will reward each according to what he has done. Feel I tell you that there are some standing here who would not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Jesus turned and told Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance. So there's three things I want to drop. I want to drop. Take notes if you like. There's three things in order for us to have a good life. First is self-awareness. And what it's got to do with God, I'm glad you asked. Um, you know your own habits and you know your struggles. Self-awareness, when when Jesus is walking through um, and beginning his earthly ministry, he finds Andrew and Peter doing what? Fishing. And he says, hey, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He disrupts what they were doing and gives them purpose what what the lord does is there's an awareness that he brings us so right now if you're questioning your faith i want to give you some encouragement that is the holy spirit beckoning you to come closer because there's an awareness of god and then there's god's word and then there's god's will And my self-awareness is not just for God. It's like now the disciples see Jesus, and Jesus reminds them, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so this relationship begins to shape them. So they've got a relationship with God, and then they have a relationship with others. But smack dab in the middle of their relationship with God and their relationship with others is the relationship they have with themselves. Self-awareness. It's my relationship with myself, my relationship with others. When Jesus starts gathering his disciples, he gives them a higher purpose. They still wrestle with the cares of the world. Rich man comes to Jesus, and um, the rich man says, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, hey, he says, good teacher, what should I do? He said, man, make sure you obey all the law. And the guy says, okay, I did all those things. He said, okay, sell everything you have. And the man walks away. Notice that Jesus didn't go after the man. Jesus allowed him to walk away, because what had that man's heart was not Jesus. And so, our businesses must not take precedent over our calling. So, Peter and Andrew dropped their nets, and the Scripture says, at once, they followed Jesus. Following Jesus, being aware of God, this is what gets exposed. You know what gets exposed when you're following God? Do you know what gets exposed when you're praying? Do you know what gets exposed when the Holy Spirit starts nudging you? You. When we begin to, to strengthen our relationship to God, and, and, and I, I say it in a way that it does depend more on God than it does us, but we are co-laborers with Christ. And so when we allow ourselves uh, for the Holy Spirit to start navigating through our lives, we start to see our own habits and hang-ups. And so you're sitting here now, and the Lord is speaking to your heart, and it's revealing to you and me, to all of us, areas of our life that we have not submitted to Him. So what the Holy Spirit does is bring us awareness. So He says, Jesus turned... And told Peter, "Get behind me, Satan! You are hindrance to me because you're not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. And what that does for Peter, it helps Peter to understand there's something in him that's not aligning with the mission and the vision of God." So Peter says, um, "So." The first thing is self-awareness. The second thing in this text you'll see is he tells him uh, in verse number 24. He says, then Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. Here's the reality. And I don't usually make absolute statements. But you can take this one to the bank. Absolutely. Number one, we are all slaves to something or someone. All of us. Number two, we all make sacrifices. Number three, we all follow rules. Number four, we all give our hearts to something or someone. And number five, we all have faith. Let me break it down to you. First, somebody, when I said we're all slaves to something or someone, somebody in their minds like, no, I'm not. I'm my own boss. Then you're a slave to yourself. But you're a slave to something. Second thing, we all make sacrifices. Listen, you always do what you want to do. That's all I say about that. We all follow rules. You have a set of rules, unspoken and lived out. You know how it is. She got one more time. We all have rules. We all give our hearts to something or someone. That's why we exist with disappointment. Because somebody is always breaking our hearts. And then we all have faith. You have faith this morning. Let me tell you, this is is why I know you got a lot of faith. A lot of faith. Here's what happens. Uh, Who has a job? Raise your hand. You work two weeks in the hole before you get your paycheck if that ain't faith, I don't know what is. We all have faith. The challenge with those five statements, those five truths about humanity in general, is all of those things are either anchoring us to God or anchoring us to someone or something. So when, when Jesus says, deny yourself, Jesus is telling us to not only deny, but to carry our cross. Jesus, this is, going, this is going to be a news flash for some of us. Jesus doesn't stop you or I from sinning. Jesus does not stop you from sinning. <clears throat> he doesn't. Jesus changes your heart about sinning. Sinning or not to sin is a choice. Jesus comes into our lives and go figure, most of us, if not all, we'll keep on doing the dumb things we did B.C., before Christ. Well, why? If Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life, why does He not just stop me from sinning? We're glad you asked. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passion and desires. When Jesus says, come, follow me, deny yourself, and take up your cross, that is a choice. If we want to follow Jesus, we're going to take up our own cross, and that cross is an instrument of death. Our sinful nature is a choice we choose. I remember back. Um, I remember back in the day, watch, watching wrestling, and um, uh, there was this wrestler. His name was The Undertaker, and you could be beating that joker up, and then all of a sudden he's like this. He'll stand right back up. That's usually how sin is. When we're when Jesus comes. He frees us from the the power of sin on us, the penalty of sin, and present sin. Um, Romans uh, chapter 7, there's so many instances in the Scripture where we have to walk and work out. In other words, James chapter 1 says that when a man that lust originates in my heart, right, we are drawn away by our own lust. In other words, it's in me to do it. And then also Jesus allows me through the power of his Holy Spirit to avoid sin. The cross is an aggravation or irritation. is isn't just an aggravation or irritation. It's about death. Denying self happens when we accept and we're born again. So we're born again, and then that's instant. That means we're new creations. But there's a process of working out our own soul's salvation, denying ourselves, choosing. All of us make a choice whether we should A, Or B, and we got the loving Holy Spirit nudging us on. But nobody, and nobody makes you do anything. It's a choice. So it is in our nature to indulge. It's in our nature to satisfy ourselves. And so Christ comes and disrupts our nature. That's why Scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And some of us think that's two separate things. No, if you delight yourself in the Lord, He not only gives you the desires, He gives you the desires of your heart because your delights, your nature has changed. The very thing that you want to do, you don't because you're delighting yourself in the Lord. So I want to do X, Y, Z, but I don't because I'm delighting myself in the Lord. And my very nature changed as a result. I don't keep the same nature and passions and desires following Jesus. And so sometimes the greatest gift that we can give ourselves is our dependency on the grace of God. He says... Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The good life given to us by grace is not only good news, but freedom. The good life comes when we deny ourselves, carry our cross, and uproot the lies about ourselves that we believe and that we actually live out. Following Jesus gives us freedom. Two things, write this down conviction versus condemnation. So he says, Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Conviction always, say always, conviction always leads us to Jesus. Condemnation always leads you away from Jesus. You can distinguish Holy Spirit working by identifying is this conviction, which means it's leading me to repentance, or condemnation? I don't want to do either of those things. This is anonymous, but he, uh, but I found this quote worthy. It says, we will never live until you first walk to your death with Jesus. The good life begins and ends with Jesus. He is our righteousness and he gives us life. He is our hope. He is our life. And Jesus says of himself in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you're a believer, you must get that, that life begins and ends with Jesus. But it's the dash that we have problems with. That born date and whatever that end date is, it's the middle that causes us all the problems. And so Jesus frees us from and frees us to. He frees us from that sin and frees us to new life in him. My old habits, my thinking, my belief system is literally battling the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you stay around here any amount of time, you're going to hear me, you're going to hear me constantly say that you preach to yourself more than I ever will. And the gospel that you're preaching to yourself, if it's not God's word, then it's a false gospel. It's a false gospel rooted in lies. You are, if, if you are saved, you accepted Jesus Christ, He is your Lord and Savior. If you believe it in your heart that, he, that you, you and I are a sinner, and He died um, in my place, that, that the wrath of God was upon Him, And he was spotless, and he never sinned, and he he was buried. He died, he was buried, and he was and he rose again. Then you are saved. And being saved simply means now that I am a child of God, not what I do, not how I perform for Him. I am a child of God. That is what it means to be saved. And so we have to be careful when it comes to our freedom that our past hurts don't cause us, does not cause us to isolate, that my reliance on self can fuel my independence. And so what happens, men and women, we don't pray because we believe that everything depends on us. And why should we consult God? Prayer is communicating with your father. And prayer is a two-way communication. We talk and we listen. There's freedom. So when Jesus says, um, uh, take up your cross, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Because when you want to save your life following Jesus, you don't trust him to save your life, which means you're the savior of your life. Jesus has come. To free us from the bondage of sin. And so that very thing that I struggle with, that very thing that has me bound. See, here's the challenge of uh, free people. Freedom is always a fight. Because the mere fact that you don't have it suggests that someone or something is oppressing you. And the oppressor never allows um, the person he's oppressing to just walk away. So what sin has done, that's what Scripture says, while we were yet sinners, he cared for us and died for us. So what Jesus has come was take the keys of sin, the gates of hell, away from, away, and now he has power. Now we trust him. We trust him with our lives. So Jesus is saying, listen, if you don't understand who I am, that simply means you can never trust me because you don't know me. So you follow after me, you keep walking. That's why we got these spiritual rhythms of reading God's Word. We're reading God's Word as a church. We got these spiritual rhythms of resting because rest is a form of trust. We got this silence and solitude. Sometimes, um, this is me, excuse the language, sometimes I just got to shut up and just listen and be present with God. And so we got this silence and solitude. We spent a season of fasting. And today, hopefully, um, you can smell the food, we're going to spend some time feasting. So, so there's moments of fasting, there's moments of feasting, celebration what the Lord has done, but men ought to always pray. So when we don't desire to do these things, we don't desire to know Him, there's something in us that's distracting us from the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So the question is Jess, what are you willing to do? Following Jesus. He says, if you want to have a good life, I need you aware of who I am. This is for all of us. Do not be so distracted that you can't see him. You know what shame does? Shame helps us. Shame helps keep our eyes on everything except God. And so he says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I've come so that you may have life have it abundantly
0: that concludes this week's message if you are blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel like to give feel free to text the word give to 704-741-3705 and if you are in Kannapolis Charlotte or surrounding areas come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis North Carolina Sundays at 10:33. You can also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and also check us out on Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.